Is your money working as hard as it could be for your future? A decade ago, Robinhood changed the investment landscape when they pioneered commission-free stock trading. Today, they continue to offer innovative products to help users build a better financial future, like IRAs, ETFs, options for qualified traders, and much more. Take control of your financial future with Robinhood. Download the app or visit Robinhood.com to learn more. That's Robinhood.com. Disclosures. Investing involves risk. Other fees may apply. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIP. PC is a registered broker dealer. Good morning, Brew Daily Show. I am Neil Fryman. And I'm Toby Howell. Welcome to the first episode. I'm so excited. We have a great show ahead, but let's introduce ourselves a little bit first. All right. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I am Neil Fryman. I'm the managing editor at Morning Brew, which means I have been overseeing the newsletter for every day, I think it's been almost every day for the past almost six years now. It is wild, and I know so many people out there who have loved and read the Morning Brew newsletter are probably surprised to hear your voice for the first time, so I'm excited. Here that, it is. Yeah. They say it's a good podcast voice. All right. We'll, we'll find out. A face for podcasting and a voice for podcasting. All right. Not and, too bad. And who are you, Toby? Uh, and I'm Toby Howell. I was actually hired to the Brew by Neil uh, a few years ago. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. Look <laughs> where we ended up um, originally as a newsletter writer then I kind of took over the Twitter account and ran that for a while then I actually left the brew but now I'm back to host this podcast with my good buddy Neil yes uh, we're super happy you're back so wanted to get into a little bit of what people can expect with this show and it's going to be five days a week on uh, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube and we're just going to go a little bit deeper and beyond the headlines that you see in the daily newsletter uh, we're going to offer some analysis and you know we did a bunch of research right. so we'll hopefully have some cool uh, facts and figures and a little bit more context to help you understand the day's news. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it is Neil and I read a lot of news. We enjoy talking about the news. So hopefully we provide a little more yeah, context and color to kind of your daily commute. Yeah, so final note is that Toby and I, oh, especially Toby, are really competitive, like sub three hour <laughs> marathon competitive. So we're going to work our butts off to make sure that this is a really good show for you. And we'd love to hear all of your feedback. I think that's enough introduction, right? I'm excited. Let's do this thing. Let's, Let's ride. We have good, uh, good theme music, too. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's rocking. Okay, let's get into the first story, which is a really daring mission by President Biden into Ukraine yesterday. We all woke up Monday morning on President's Day with headlines splashing that President Biden has, had visited Kyiv in Ukraine, which was really crazy. It was historic. It was the first time that a U.S. president had entered a war zone that was not actively controlled by the U.S. military. Yeah. I mean, some of us maybe traveled home for the long weekend. <laughs> President Biden did one of the most daring entries into a, yeah, a foreign war zone ever. So we're not the same. It was, we are not the same. Uh, this was really badass. Did you read up on the details of how they pulled this off? I, because presidents don't just travel right. places. Because I remember uh, Obama came to Maryland when I was there. <laughs> and the campus shut down. Like, for, for days, they put snipers on the roofs. Right. So this, you know, presidents have insane security details obviously and they have to shut down the entire area that they traveled to so this was quite an operation and this was a huge deal for trains too because we all know president biden is a big train guy but i actually saw a thread on twitter written by 
Alexander Kamishin, who is kind of runs the rail network in mm-hmm. in Ukraine. And this was like their Super Bowl because he traveled. <laughs> Look at this thing. Biden was in Ukraine for 24 hours. 20 of those hours he was on a train. For the, those hours he was walking around. So the train guy had to be on his stuff because. Yeah. Totally. So he so he posted this picture on Twitter, which is a very badass like AI rendering of uh, a Ukrainian train with the uh, looks like Mission Impossible font almost, and it says Rail Force One. <laughs> it is so good, and I cannot wait for the movie. There is definitely going to be a movie because people love train dramas, uh, like the Pelham Station, I think, is one. So I'm excited for Hollywood to get its hands on this one. Some of the details about his uh, trip are. Really Really interesting because it was super secretive people in the white house didn't even know yeah so they just told a, a few journalists and a medical team uh that biden was leaving really early in the morning the journalists were actually there was two of them and they were told to come to the white house and all the details for the trip under the subject line um what was it the golf tournament yes it was something about a golf tournament yeah oh it was arrival instructions for the golf tourney that was the email subject line they got to invite them to the white house honestly i would have been a little disappointed (laughs) i know we're big golf fans no way we are going to the white house to play golf with joe so he flew on not on air uh, not on the 747 he flew on a seven a modified 757 to germany and then to poland under uh under nightfall it was very surreptitious yeah good word and what's your air force one fact my air force one fact everyone should read the air force one wikipedia it is an incredible document um but air force one isn't necessarily just a single plane that's 747 it is any aircraft of the u.s air force that the president travels on see i never knew that so super cool so prop plane get on joe (laughs) biden air force one let's do it so uh, the, there is a lot of greater significance to uh, Biden's visit to Ukraine. Uh, it comes on the eve of the one-year anniversary of the war, which started on February 24th, 2022. And he wanted to show unity with Ukraine. Um, and a bunch of people around the world hailed it as a, a very important moment for the president to visit Kiev. This morning, uh, Putin responded in his dastardly way. Yeah. And he basically revoked... Um, Russia's participation in the last remaining nuclear arms deal. So he really ratcheted up his rhetoric this morning. Yeah. I mean, it's tit for tat. We see this all the time. I don't know enough about nuclear international policy to know if this is truly a big deal, but feels like a little bit of an overreaction, but I guess he had to react. I mean, he invaded Ukraine in the first place completely unprovoked, so this is kind of par for the course for him. Yeah. One final fact about this visit is that the sirens, uh, there's an air raid mobile app and in Ukraine, and it went off during Biden's visit. Oh, boy. And do you know who voices that app? <laughs> no. I Mark Hamill from uh, Star Wars, who played Luke Skywalker on Star Wars, voices that app and tells you when it's okay to come out again. Okay, that is a fantastic fact to drop at, at the bar this, this week. There's going to be a lot of facts. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving a little bit closer to home. This morning, some of the nation's biggest retailers reported earnings and gave us a little more insight into how they're doing and how the American consumer is faring in this era of super high inflation. Those uh, retailers were Home Depot and Walmart. It wasn't great. Yeah. Not it wasn't great. great. For, this earn, this earnings season has not been good so far, and uh, Walmart and Home Depot definitely continued that. Home Depot missed Wall Street's revenue expectations for the first time since 2019, and Walmart offered a pretty disappointing forecast for the year ahead. 
there is some light at the end of the tunnel, though, right? Because buried within the not as great earnings was Home Depot says that it, it, it plans to spend $1 billion to give all their hourly workers a wage or al- hourly wage workers <laughs> a raise. Yeah, I'll get there eventually. Um, so it is interesting. We, we, we've talked about how this is maybe like a rich session where mm-hmm. you see all these workers at uh, big tech, Google, Meta getting laid off, mm-hmm. but then you see uh, the, the actual retail workers getting raises, which shows that these workers are still in really high demand, still totally. in high labor market. Especially in hospitality and retail. If you want to work at a restaurant or at Home Depot or Walmart, like there are a zillion jobs for you. The unemployment rate has dipped to a you know historic low of 3.5 percent, um, and these companies are still hiring. I mean, Chipotle. They're hiring. <laughs> it's burrito season. It's coming up. Yeah. Burrito season Spring is coming is up. We're all, we all can't wait for burrito season. Yeah. Chipotle is hiring 15,000 people um, ahead of what it expects to be busy times. And Walmart also gave a raise to a bunch of its employees uh, last month as yeah. well. By the way, I do want to say that Home Depot workers deserve every penny they get. They are the most helpful retail so workers. So helpful. Ever. They're awesome. I want to be friends with I want to like impress them. I think it's like they're like, it's, you're, they're you're, like you're, you're in your dad phase I already. Know, exactly. We're like, I just want them to validate whatever construction progress. There are so doing. many of them too. Yeah. Home Home Depot has four hundred and seventy five thousand employees. Huge. They're one of the largest private private employers in the country. Yeah. So it is good to see that they are bumping up the, the wages a little bit. Um, I want to take us to a little bit more social media, my domain. Oh, my God. Expert. <laughs> yes. So Meta is rolling out the, their new paid verification service for Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to cost $11.99 a month for the web version and $14.99 a month on iOS. And my, I cannot believe this is happening again, but Mark Zuckerberg is just copying and pasting another feature from another social network after all the hubbub around Twitter verification, Meta comes in, charges more. What do you think about this move out of Meta? Well, I think it's showing how social media is changing before our eyes. Mm -hmm. Social media used to be a place where you check up on your high school friends and stay in touch with people. Now it it is purely an entertainment medium. And I think with verification, you're going to get like professional content creators uh, paying for this because one of the biggest perks is that th- you're going to get increased visibility and reach. Yeah. And that, if you okay. don't if you don't pay up, you are going to be buried in the feed with all the rest of us plebs. And so you're going to get <laughs> people like you who want to be content creators <laughs> on the web. You're going to yeah. pay because you're going to get to see people. More people will see you. So you think that it's almost a Trojan horse because. On the surface, they're saying this is going to protect your account, but you really think that it's saying pay or we'll bury you? Kind of. Yeah. I I honestly think that it's a Trojan horse to get even more data from us. So basically now hmm. Meta is saying not only are we going to mine your data, you're going to pay us for us to mine your data because in order to – get the meet the requirements you have to submit a government issued id right. so twitter doesn't do that right twitter which is why you get eli Lilly being impersonated right. and losing billions of dollars in market cap and we'll touch on twitter a little bit too as well uh elon just rolled out another feature basically saying that if you don't pay for twitter blue which is their subscription service 
um, you actually cannot use two-factor authentication anymore, right. specifically SMS two-factor authentication, which, again, it feels so arbitrary, but apparently it's actually costing Twitter a ton of money because two-factor or uh, SMS authentication is the easiest to spoof and the easiest right. to scam. It seems like it's not effective anyway. Yeah. Getting that text message on but your it, phone to put in a code. I we know. all we all get that. But I loved it. Like it was great. Like that was how hmm. I two factor yeah. authenticated. So we're yeah, we're in the authentication wars right now between social media and we're caught in the middle. Yeah, but social media is just becoming a pay to play thing these days. It's also important in the context of Meta's declining ad revenue. Yeah. They rely on ad revenue for their entire business right now, and mm -hmm. that is not good during these times of economic uncertainty. So it's looking for another revenue stream, and it thinks that direct subscriptions will be that. Um, it doesn't look like it, it's going to be a lot of money. So there was a note that written by an analyst yesterday who projected that Meta would make upwards of $3 billion, at the top end would make $3 billion in revenue from people paying up. And its annual revenue is $117 yeah. billion, so you can do the math. I think this is a way to court creators and professional content creators who are just gonna, willing to pay, stick around, make a, entertain us on Instagram Reels, yeah. and we'll stay on the um, platform longer. Yeah. Look at You're a little bit of a social media expert yourself. I'm a social media consumer, not a producer. Okay. There you go. Um, okay, let's move on to the sports world a little bit. Manchester United, which is my favorite team, actually. Really? Is Yeah, it's up for sale. It's um, The two main bidders are the Qatari royal family and uh, Britain's richest man. Or one dude from the family. Yeah, well, it's kind of a conglomerate. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Qatari or uh, Jim Ratcliffe, who is the richest man in England, who is the owner of this petrochemical giant, Ineos, um, activists, hedge fund Elliott Management has also said that they'd pledge some money to supporting whichever bid kind of wants wants the help. Um, and this is interesting. So the price tag right now is expected to be right in the six billion U.S. dollar range. Mm -hmm. As anything to do with uh, the Qatari royal family, we have to talk about sports washing a little bit. Um, do you think this is? Another kind of instance of uh, someone with a less than stellar human rights record kind of trying to, again, sports wash it and just ingratiate themselves in like this beloved uh, club. I think that ship has sailed. You think? I mean, most. I mean, a lot of the biggest, rich, richest clubs in the in Europe are owned by Gulf families, from PSG to Man City, and I think Manchester United supporters. Don't really care at this point yeah. as long as their team. Well, you can obviously speak a little better than me. Yeah. They hate the as long as their team gets back to its former glory. They hate the current they ownership the current group, which yeah. is, are the American Glazer family, and they're looking for uh, their white knight to come in and mm -hmm. help save them. What I think is also interesting too is that sports washing always comes up when it is, um, yeah, the Qatari or Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. um, but Ineos, who Jim Ratcliffe, who has the other serious bid, they're this massive petrochemical company, and they're doing their own form of sports washing. Sure. Like, they produce 22.8 million tons of petrochemicals each year, and I feel like the narrative is not like it. Like, Jim is this nice English billionaire. Like, he'd be great, but I think they're engaging in something similar. Um, 
but yeah, that's my my sure. take on it. All right, last note on this is that uh, another team that's up for sale on stateside, another football team, the Washington Commanders, has reportedly not received that many bids because <laughs> uh, Dan Snyder, the owner, wants uh, seven billion dollars, yeah. which would you know top Wh- maybe a Man U. Which would you rather own, Man U or or an NFL football team? Man U supporters scare the crap out of me. Yeah. I would never want to own a, a football, an English football club because they, those people, if you don't do a good job, they'll riot Hate on you. you. Yeah, so yeah. I would say take the commanders and restore it back to Washington football team. All right. I want to see it. All right. Moving on to another story. Uh, junk fees are coming, coming down a little bit, and we'll get into what that means. But the headline news is that United is making it easier for parents and their kids under 12 to sit together. Apparently, I, I haven't done this in a while. Yeah, I've been 12 for a while, and I don't have kids, uh, so I didn't really know the context of this. But apparently, it's really hard to find seats next to your family on a plane. Um, and if you want to do it, you oftentimes you have to pay an extra fee. Mm-hmm. So this comes on the heels of the State of the Union address where President Biden kind of railed against these junk fees that you see in airlines, you see in hotels, you see in concert tickets. And he's ho- he's putting a lot of pressure on companies to roll them back. Yeah. And United said they've been thinking about this for a while, um, right. but it does seem like somewhat of a response to uh, the president's yeah. attacks on them. My thought on this is that it, I think it's political pandering at a certain point because yeah. obviously Biden wants to appeal to – the the every man who's like why are we getting crushed by these fees but the way these businesses work is that that revenue isn't just going to poof off into they're like oh fine we're we're totally fine with sacrificing a billion dollars a year for this yeah we're gonna feel it somewhere else (laughs) sure baggage fees are going to increase somewhere so i do think that it is a political uh play and then the companies are like we're we're listening to you joe like we're doing it so that's my cynical take but i think that's generally what this means it might yeah maybe it's a cynical take but um if it happens i'm happy for families it it seems like a bit of a headache it didn't seem like a huge headache actually i read this report that said 0.38 percent of all consumer complaints with the department of transportation involved family seating issues so this is a bit of a pr win i mean we're we're talking about it yeah but excessive like what excessive fee do you hate the most this is the bag fee. It's ridiculous. It's like sixty-five dollars to bring a bag on. Wait, I need to. So. I hate like sports tickets. When I'm when I'm looking at SeatGeek or concert tickets. Oh, yeah. When I'm looking at SeatGeek, at least they have the transparency thing where you where you can toggle where it's where right. it shows with fees and without fees, and you know it's about forty dollars yeah. every time, so it really shows you. Well, maybe we're on Joe's side then. Um, okay, Neil, this is a new segment that I want to try. Everything's for our a new show. segment. It is our our first show. So, but this is where. I am deep in the TikTok rabbit hole, deep in like the Gen Z culture, you a little bit less so. So I want to take this time to educate you on a new trend on TikTok. Um, So have you heard of core core? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Okay. I'm going to unpack this for you because it's got a lot of layers. Okay. So it gets its name from the popular usage of the core suffix. So, you know, like cottage sure, core, cottage goblin core, or... core, emo core, pink core. You, yeah. you get the picture. So this is essentially the core of cores. So it's like a self-referential core. Are you with me still? Sure. A little I bit. I have no idea where this is okay. going, but I, I get that it's a meta. It's a core meta thing. Right. So the actual videos you might encounter on TikTok are these spliced clips from various like pop culture moments or movies or something so we're playing a video behind us right now um 
it will show a clip from like for some reason like Ryan Gosling is very uh prevalent in these videos of him like yelling in the night or something or like Wally where people are sitting uh in their when everyone becomes fat and Wally yeah um and the the goal is the t the clips on their own don't make much sense but when you splice them together it evokes a certain emotion and it's usually like helplessness or like loneliness or uh about how like technology has isolated us so it's this really interesting thing where you come across it maybe you've been scrolling for like three hours at night on tiktok it's 2 a.m you come across this core core video it's got this melancholy music it's these clips that just like capture this emotion in you and it has taken over tiktok in the last few months or so what do you think are you following me i'm following you and i was gonna ask sort of what is the ultimate driver of it what do you think like what sort of ethos or societal thing that's going on has led to its popularity it is definitely i think this is the true gen z art medium where it is the only way people are expressing this feeling of maybe technology has like almost gone too far like mm. we're, we're lonelier than ever we're more connected but lonelier than ever and it's Again, this this whole thing is very like meta and self-referential, but I have truly been there late at night where you see one of these corker videos and you're like, that got whatever like I'm feeling or whatever this generation is feeling right now. Um, well, I feel that, but I don't need a core core video. I know. <laughs> this is, uh, this is an artistic does. medium that, that expresses it. So that's that's your trend for Toby's for the trend day. of the week. Trend of the week. I'm sure many of our younger listeners are like, wow, he did a horrible job explaining that. <laughs> and some of our older listeners are like, I have no idea what he just explained, but that's that's our trend of the week. I think you did a good job. Okay. And I will be on the lookout for the for those TikTok videos. But right now I'm just getting like people making <laughs> making food that's good that's all that's my good tiktok too. food core all right for next story toby i have a, a little quiz for you okay during this time on average how much of the great lakes do you think are covered in ice like mid-february i want to say on a typical year i would like to say like 40 percent, 50 percent even Pretty close. What it's forty-one percent. It? Okay, forty-one percent. And that's not the that's not the news. The news is that this year there is six percent coverage oh of ice gosh. on the Great Lakes. That's really bad. Really, I would assume really bad, right? Uh, yeah, it's not good for a lot of different things. Um, but it really uh, this is a phenomenon that's happening across North America, where uh, unseasonably warm temperatures have led to less ice coverage, and it's really impacting a lot of different things beyond shipping geo. Uh, hydropower energy fishing things like that it's it's affecting pond hockey the most <laughs> cherished of new england traditions okay i'm from i just want to say i'm from florida so i never got to experience this pond hockey but it does seem like it is affecting oh you. my god yeah it is affecting me deeply because i grew up in massachusetts and my neighbor had an ice rink in our backyard yeah and it froze over every year and we would play hockey on it i just have the most beloved memories when we got into high school we started playing broom ball when people couldn't skate and we just tapped yeah. each other to pieces and, and, and i saw this happening over the course of my high over the course of high school we stopped building the rink because it would just remain a swimming pool for the entire yeah. winter it's sad and we have the, the numbers in front of us so lake superior 4.6 percent covered lake michigan 7.2 huron 10.5 Erie, 0.09%. Lake Erie is a swimming pool. That right means now. like one guy has like one piece of ice in <laughs> front of his dock. And then Ontario, 1.6%. So 
unseasonably warm, no pond hockey. Second order effects are crazy. Like all, all the things you mentioned are affected by this. Yeah, uh, New Hampshire canceled a pond hockey tournament that brought a lot of uh, money into the local economy each winter. Yeah. Uh, Vermont had to cancel an ice fishing competition after three people died after they fell through the ice. Oh my! Ottawa gosh. has the world's largest uh, open air skating rink. Uh, pond rink and they haven't been able to open it this year and don't expect to so this is a, a really big thing beyond my you know romantic <laughs> childish dreams that, that's important too okay final segment for today's tuesday today by the tuesday. way not monday <laughs> we, had, we had the day off yesterday for president's day but every monday we're going to do a quick preview of the week ahead and things to look out for so what i'm looking forward to i don't know if i'm looking forward to it but it's happening is the there's big inflation data that comes out on Friday and basically there's couple different types of inflation readings there's CPI the consumer price index report and then there's PCE the personal let's see if I get this right the personal consumption expenditures report honestly that you nailed it that was really good I think I nailed it and be, and the Fed is super snobby and they look at the one that comes out this week PCE rather than the rest of us look at CPI and it'll be really important to see what happens because inflation inflation seems like it's not going down yeah. like it had been over the last year still hot Still hot. Um, speaking of hot, spring training. You're going down on to Friday. Florida, right? I'm going down to Florida. Uh, I am going to a Yankees. I don't like the Yankees, but I'm going to a spring training game. I love spring training when it comes. It just anything that has the word spring in it is good news. We're in the middle of. I mean, yes, it's been really warm, but we're still in the middle of February. Yeah. And just to watch, you know, warm climbs, sun. People throwing baseballs gives me a little fuzzy feeling. I'm jealous, but I will not be. Uh, watching any spring training because the thing i'm looking forward to this week is cocaine bear the movie is coming out cinematic on event of the millennium i it, think i i am so excited it's directed by elizabeth banks which just adds a layer of intrigue that i'm, <laughs> I'm so pumped so everyone go see cocaine bear on friday and then actually friday is also my birthday so it's, let's go it's something else happy I'm, birthday I'm looking forward to how old are you turning 26 Damn, you're gonna you're gonna phase out of core core videos I very know. quickly. Uh, pretty soon, we're gonna need to bring in another person to educate me and you on on TikTok trends. Damn. But that's well, the actually, ahead. today is my half birthday. That just reminded me. Happy half birthday! Thanks. I don't really celebrate my birthday, so I'm definitely not celebrating my half birthday. Um, yeah. Well, happy birthday. We'll we'll do something special for you uh, coming up on Friday as I'm heading down to Florida. I'm actually gonna play golf with your dad and take all of his money. <laughs> I'm excited for both of you. I think that's it for our show. This was a fun one. First one. First one. I don't think we messed up too hard. We hit a lot of interesting news topics. Uh, please let us know your feedback. Before we go, uh, just want to let you know that, obviously, Toby and I, while we're on air, we're just the lead singers of an incredible band. Uh, I just want to read them off. Our show is a production of Morning Brew. The pro producer and editor is the great Emily Milliron. Audio engineering and sound design by Dan Bauza. He also wrote this theme song. The show's technical director is Elias Alba. Supervising producer is the man himself, Bryce Belloff. And Devin Emery is our chief content officer. We'll run it back tomorrow. 